and welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to discuss a video game that is special to them from their past, a meaningful game, if you will. On the show, you might know that we'll talk as much about what made playing that game special and what our guests enjoyed and loved about it, as we will, about the context of how they fell in love with it for the first time and sort of the place it held in their life. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that if uh, you are looking to support the show, you can do that in a few different ways. The most uh, helpful thing you can do is check us out on Patreon. We are on patreon.com slash super NPC radio. That is our indie podcast network that myself and producer Jeremy Schmidt uh, started uh, over a year and a half ago. And if you're a patron who's listening, you know we have a ton of great bonus content there. We have a monthly co-op episode of this show where I sit down with a group of people to discuss a big, impactful game for uh, a handful of us. We also have the Legend of Zelda Games Club that's still living there that we did all year round, uh, and so much more. So you can check us out by supporting us at the different tiers there. Uh, You can also rate and review the show uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you do it on Apple, I'll see it a lot more easy, and then I'll be able to uh, read and shout out your review on the show if it is, uh, you know, not mean-spirited, which we've not had a review like that. But, you know, if we keep growing, that's going to happen at some point. Who knows? Maybe even my guest will be the person uh, who to leave that review. We'll see. Uh, you can also... Um, uh, you can also support us by following us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, on Instagram at call me by your game pod on Twitter at call me by your game, but just with one Y. So that's B Y O U R. And, uh, you can also share the show with a friend, whether you know, someone who loves the game we're talking about today, who loves video games in general, or maybe it's just such a huge fan of who I'm going to be chatting with. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this person's got lots of fans. That'll do it for the housekeeping portion of the show, and I'll finally introduce our guest for today, the just the most fans in the world, Wei KU. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, uh, that's good. Uh, this this has uh, been a whole month uh, in the making, Wei K, although I've known you for longer than a month. Can you uh, confirm this is true? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. Just one yeah, it's been longer than I, a month. <laughs> good. The listeners, uh, you know, they usually trust me, but I just want to them to to know that like my guest and I were both telling the truth. Um I know mm-hmm. you through the Los Angeles uh indie improv scene. You're absolutely mm-hmm. one of those people that like I don't remember the first time we met, but suddenly you were just there mm-hmm. and then you were always around. Mm-hmm. Does that? Uh, do you remember <laughs> when we met, or was it kind of the same thing for you? Nope, I don't remember when we met. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't remember when I met a lot of people, to be honest. There's like it's a thousand difficult. people we've probably met, so yeah. it's hard to remember every specific meeting. Yeah, it's super. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're just always, you know, basically you meet a bunch of people all at the same time. And you don't really mm-hmm. get to have like. Oh, I met you through this guy, and we had lunch together at this thing. Blah blah blah. Like you do normally in real life. There's just too many people around. It's like school, you know. It is. It is. It is genuinely very much like a uh, post-college experience uh, that is just college again, uh, where mm-hmm. you're in class, you're meeting a million people. But yeah, I got to know you. You're comedy a, college. 
Dude, co- which is the best kind of college. Um, <laughs> that's how we met each other. Well, You're a really funny guy that I know through the community. You have also, you know, run your own shows. Uh, you're part of a, a group who not only does improv, but sketch together, Miss Go Lightly. We've had um, uh, uh, at least one other member, uh, uh, Tony Garbanzos, uh, on the show. And I don't know if we've had anybody else, but um, thank you for being here. What do you want people to know about you, Wei K? And who the heck are you, mister? Oh, talking about myself is so fun. It's so See, it's fun. weird. He's so excited when he's saying this. You can see the excitement on Wei K's face. <laughs> um, there's really not much to know about me other than I am. Uh, like, I, I haven't really talked about it. I'm an improvisational comedian, sketch comedian. Um, moved to LA about six years ago. Um, been grinded out ever since. Um, I'm from Houston, Texas. Um, what else? What else? What H Town, as they call it. I love. Yes. <laughs> well done, Connor. Thank you. I'm passing well the test. Done. Um, you well done. also another thing about us is we worked at the same company this year. Correct. We did work at the same company. We both this worked year. for Core. Uh, the mm-hmm. in the big old vaccine rollout. Do you, I can't remember. Do you still work for them? Because I don't. I do still work for them. Oh I my do. goodness! Still a company man, huh? Mm-hmm. Still a company man. Still, you know, selling my soul to the big big CEO at the top of the hell yeah. <laughs> you and Jeremy both, dude. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh it's not really you know you know how it is. I'm not really here to talk about core that much, you know. I feel like um, you came on just to talk about core, and that was not not really video games. <laughs> uh huh. Guys, core is a great company. Um, it's not really a company. <laughs> it's well, technically it's a humanitarian organization. You know, we're here for disaster relief type situations. Um, currently employed in their pandemic relief division, do helping with COVID testing, and previously had done vaccines and stuff. That's all I want to talk, say about you know my day job. Other than that, it's a day job, and I do things I like to do outside of my day job. Hell yeah. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was just, you know, regardless of the place that it held for either of us in our lives, it was uh, like the reason that I saw you and got to bump into you a handful of times this year, which was like so nice and uh, refreshing. And then I saw you at the big joint uh, birthday party in November that – uh, former guests of the show, Jane and, P- and PJ McCormick and I and a handful of other people put on. And I saw you and I don't even know how we got to talking. I think I was maybe just like, do you like video games? And you were like, yes. And then that was it. <laughs> probably someone, somebody probably told you that I was, a, that I am probably Chuck or something like that. Yeah, probably was. Uh, I think Chuck he was or Jane. Like right they there know. when we were talking about me. it. They know me. Those two Ubers, those two lovebirds. <laughs> and it's it's out now. It's it's it's, it's out now. It's out. It, They're love I birds. guarantee you, neither of them are going to listen to this episode. But it, now hey, it's, it's you out. Know there. You know what? You know what? I'll let them know that I said it on the episode, and they can confirm it by listening to the episode. Yeah, that they'll both. I'm sure really love that. Um, well, <laughs> Wei K. Uh, I don't know if they do. They yourself. will. Uh, <laughs> it's great. No, this is how it was supposed to happen. This is how most people want it to happen. Uh, but dude, so glad that you're here. I'm really excited to talk about video games with you. Um, before we get into your general history with games, my friend, would you go ahead and introduce the game that we are going to talk about on the main event later? Connor, 
put your seatbelt on. We're going back to 2000, the golden age of media. Let me tell you. You know what else was made in 2000? The Matrix. Did you know that? I think it was 1999. Or was it 1999? I'm yeah. sorry. The year but it was that. close. Anyways, 1999, 2000. Those are the great. I ruined it. <laughs> the Y2K Anyways, is um, like the turn of the century. Y2K. Let me tell you something. 2000, a great game comes out called Deus Ex, developed by a company called Iron Storm, published by Eidos Interactive. Iron Storm, I don't think that's really a thing anymore. Eidos is still a thing? Not sure. Don't remember. Anyways, fantastic game. The first of its iteration to spawn many other future sequels of varying quality. Most people probably know their the most current two games, Mike, Mankind Divided and Human Revolution. Uh, but we're not talking about those two games today. We're talking about Deus Ex the original. With yes. No. Yes, with no with no tagline. What else am I supposed to say about this game? That's I don't it. know how detailed you want me to get I just to wanted okay, you that's to it. you you already did it. You introduced the game, you nailed it. Uh but and then we'll dive into it later. It's gonna be great. Um Okay, great. But let's talk about your history with video games, Wake. Okay? Uh have they have games always sort of just been present in your life, or do you remember a moment where that changed for you? Do you know what a Commodore 64 is? I do know what a Commodore 64 I've never seen or touched one, but I know it. I had a Commodore 64 growing up. Excuse me? Yes. My, wow. My, my, I don't know how we got it. We had a Commodore 64 growing up. That is the first gaming machine that we ever had. Whoa. And if you, if you know how that, thing, you literally, it's a joystick. It's a little joystick, which, which the joy, the actual stick moves barely much at all. It has mm -hmm. maybe, like a handful of degrees of 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 actual like movement. Mm -hmm. I think it's like nine or something small, and there's one button. Okay, and each play, I think it was up to two players or something like that. And all the games were on big black floppy disks. Jeez. And sometimes you had to load in two disks in order to load a game. You load <laughs> one disk, it would load, and you load in the second disk, and then the game would, would work. But you play you'd play games like Bubble Bobble. Don't know oh. if you've heard of that game before. There's another game called 1942 that was like a classic, um, like Galaga type game where you're like yes. a ship and you're shooting things and it scrolls like down and you're going up like this. Oh, is, is it an on rail shooter? Is that what that means? Is it like like the ship is moving through the level? Or are you at the bottom of the level like space and? Yeah, at the bottom. You're at the yes, yeah, like a space and so bottom. Of the oh, level okay, and gotcha. And, and you're you're traversing. Through the levels, but you're moving upwards. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. And enemies are coming from the from down it's on top of you. Yeah. Um, games like that. Um, Very cool. So I don't remember. Might be the first time ones, that console's yeah. mentioned on this podcast. Commodore sixty four. It might be Look the first up. time. Ancient piece of history, right there. And then after that, we had PCs, and. I had my first PC was a 486. Don't know if you know what a 486 is. Mm -mm. Super, super old PC. Um, it was made by Intel. Um, super old. Um, and you basically ran DOS and Windows like 3.1. If you've mm -hmm. heard of that before. Super old version of Windows before Windows 95. And we could you could play you could play games on it. I used to, um, I don't remember exactly the types of games. Oh, there was a great game I used to play on that on the thing all the time. TIE Fighter. If I had... If, TIE if, Fighter. If I did not talk about Deus Ex, I probably would have talked about TIE Fighter. Because probably no one's ever talked about TIE Fighter either. No. TIE Fighter. 
one of the best Star Wars games ever made. Mm. Um, it's it's a pilot pilot game basically. You're, yeah. You you are an imperial imperial pilot. You fly and do missions. Um, it's a 3D game. Um, use an actual joystick, like a cool like actual joystick. You fly around, shoot stuff, do missions, capture stuff. You're against the rebels. It had story. It had like lore. It was just a super well crafted game. Fantastic. Um. Anyways, we'll talk about that game. Because I love that though. About today. There's some awesome um, early early Star Wars games. Like I I played. You might be familiar with Dark Forces. Mm-hmm. Dude, I played that as well. Basically a Doom a Doom clone. Mm-hmm. Doom clone, but Star Wars, and also very dark. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, like the the like just the the feel of it. I remember actually being scared to play that game a lot of the time. Yeah. And also like I always felt kind of depressed by that game. <laughs> it's I think even like not just probably the content, but the visuals of the game are so dark and muddy too. As much as fun as it yes. was, that probably added to yes. it. Yes. The visuals are very dark and muddy. It's not a bright like yeah. like rainbowy game at yeah. all. At all. I would say Doom is more colorful than that game in some probably. senses. Yeah. Um, I played that game a lot. I also had an S and a Super Nintendo. Ooh. Um, Super Nintendo was great. Rented a lot of games from the store to play on Super Nintendo. Some of my favorite games, Yoshi's Island. Ooh. Um, Act Razor 2. You ever heard Act Razor 2? No. Super cool game. Hybrid game. Hybrid game. Yes. It was side-scroller plus... Godsim? RTS. Yeah. Sort of like city management. Yes. Kind of like game. Is it a lot like so the first strange? One? I think so. Okay. Um, Star Fox. What else? Oh yeah. Um. Oh, Final Fantasy VI slash three and America's three six. That's also another game that I would talk about. Someone else already talked about it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was our longest episode absolutely. in our show's history. <sighs> absolutely one of the best games ever created. For sure, for sure, for sure. Everything about the game. But just go listen to the other episode. I'm sure they talked all about it. We did uh, with our guest, mm-hmm. Mike Steele. Uh, do you have like a favorite? Mike Steele kid? talked about it. <laughs> do you know Mike Steele? I don't um, know if you would because he's not an improv friend. He's actually a, a Jake Sprague's childhood best friend. I think I'm thinking of someone else. Maybe. Mike Steele. <laughs> There's a lot of Mikes Wait. out there. Mike Steele. Anyways, whatever. Let's just, let's just forget <laughs> about it. Um, what was your question? I was going to ask, do you have a favorite like character or a moment in that game? So many good moments, so many great characters. Um, I I think Shadow's my favorite character. Shadow's kind of a badass. Because he's, he's like... He's mysterious and they do touch on his, his story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't touch on it too much, but they do touch on it some. Um, I love that you know, if you don't that you that you don't know that it's it's not clear whether or not you can save him after the floating floating continent. Yes, if you leave, um, yeah, if you leave before he comes, he'll die, and you won't have him for the rest of the game. And that's something I love about that game. That's something that I love about Deus Ex, which we'll get into later. Mm. Um, are these kinds of like non-linear like things that happen in the game that you don't know about? Um, that I think is like pretty much missing from most modern games these days. 
Yeah. Um, that's a cool moment. Um, I think Kefka is a great character. He, he literally is just the quintessential example of drunk on power. And yeah. he's absolutely just like um, a wonderful villain um, in all this maniacal like craziness. So fantastic. Um, obviously, I do love, who else do I love? You know, I love Mog. Mog is really cool. Mog. Um, Missy, because he's just a cool little Koopo. He doesn't really have much of a story either. Um, uh, what else? What else? So many great things I could just talk about forever the game. So it's so good. Get me started on it. Yeah. Um, did you what have came some? after did the? You? Um, I I'm I'm really partial to the uh, to the the brothers um, Edgar and Sabin Sabin mm-hmm. however you say his name. Uh, and as far as moments go, man, um, I've never so I haven't finished that game. I've gotten to the World of Ruin twice, including <laughs> earlier this year. I played, I put like 30 hours into it. Um, and then once I got there, I was sort of ready to do something Lost. else. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I, I was really f- having a lot of fun following the story. Uh, but then it sort of becomes your playground and you can do sort of whatever you want. You can find whoever you want. And I was ready to play other games. Uh, but man, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite moment. Uh, Maybe Did when you get the airship, the second airship. Yeah, uh, the second. I don't think so because that's in the world of ruin, right? No, uh, that's a great yeah. moment. That's a fantastic moment. Yeah, because you follow Setzer on his journey to rediscover like his old friend. That's right. Yes. And then you kind of like learn like what happened and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and you get the new ship, the new airship. It's very cool. I know. I've like listened to so many podcasts and watched so many videos about that game that I I know a lot of that stuff. I just haven't experienced like half of it myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's an absolute classic. Uh, where did you go after the Super Nintendo? Did you continue playing games on like the PC and console? Yes, PC always play PC games. Always, always, always. One of the biggest forays I've had had during PC was Counter Strike. I was Ooh. a big Counter Strike person. Since in Half Life, you know all the all the FPS games. Yeah, FPS games have probably been my mains. Those are my mains FPS games. Though these days that's changed a lot, but oh. back in the day especially, Counter kind of Strike, Half Life, all the Half Life mods that came out, mm-hmm. all like all the, all the games surrounding, you know those that during that time, um, I was very into competitive shooters. Um, Oh yeah, it's hard for me to remember what other games at the moment. Because um, at this on you know on the other side also I had N sixty four and that was also a fantastic. Hell yeah, era of gaming as well with all the Zeldas, you know, and you know Goldeneye and you know just name name whatever I've probably played it. Those all those were all great. Um, but of course, Ocarina of Time is also you know a classic that mm-hmm. cannot be replicated. Um, like Except old, Nintendo old tries to replicate gamer. it ha- almost with almost every Zelda game is like it's kind of Ocarina, but not. <laughs> Except Breath of the Wild, of course. Except Breath of the Wild, everyone loves Breath of the Wild. Though I actually haven't played that. I only, oh, I've played it. I just haven't properly played through it all on my totally. own because I do not have a Switch. That's okay. Um, yeah, that's okay. Anyways, just to continue, PC gamer, pretty much. Um, up to Steam, big Steam person who mm. played a lot of Steam games. Um, and as I got older and older, you know, things kind of just narrow because you have less time in your life. 
mm-hmm. and your tastes become stale. <laughs> yeah. What I mean by that is like you kind of fall into what you like and just do what you like. It's, you're less you're less open to new things. But um, I generally stay in the foray of I do enjoy lots of FPS games right now. Um, in general, that's what I enjoy. But it, I, I'll be honest, I do love other games too. I love RTSs. I was actually, well, let me be clear. I used to be a huge StarCraft II player. Oh. In college, especially. I was a very competitive SC2 player. Um, and um, I played all the like classic RTS games. Name them all. Probably played it. You know, Age of Empires, um, uh, Worldcraft. Uh, oh, I was also a huge WoW head person for a long time. Ooh, like um, the played a ton early, of WoW. Like, like Warcraft yes. and then World of Warcraft? Yes, I play Warcraft one. I play Warcraft two. I play Warcraft three. Ooh. Play I played WoW up until Wrath of the Lich King. Then I stopped. Um, I know this is a very competitive player, and that was all PvP person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you know, played everything and most other things under the sun that were popular, pretty much. Um, during those times very cool that's yeah. great uh i have a few questions for you um do you have a favorite i, I feel like i know pc sounds like if you, if you were to pick a favorite console it'd just be pc gaming but if you had to pick a console console do you have a or maybe even like a, a window of get pc gaming like an era do you have a favorite console or pc gaming window era I mean, consoles, I think N64 era is pretty sick. Mm-hmm. I think GameCube is also kind of cool, too. Love GameCube. But um, I played a ton of Smash. Huge in Smash as well. Um, I think Smash 64 was great. I think during that time was just like so... Those times were great, I would say. Those times were awesome. Um, they were awesome. I want to say... I want to say, because all those games were so... I feel like so many trend-setting games like games that had original originality true originality and now that we have those games those were all the basis for new games you know it's very rare to actually feel that you have such kind of like you have you heard of the cambrian explosion no what is this <laughs> the Cambrian explosion is um an era during um during the evolution of the the history of the of the of the planet earth um where there was a huge explosion of life just like so much diversity just like all these crazy creatures everywhere you know they call the camry explosion i feel like that was kind of the camry explosion for games oh because all these crazy new games are just so diverse and different and all unique and wonderful but you had just so many of them and there's like there wasn't this and this is kind of getting to a larger issue just like with media capitalism in general is that like whenever you have something that is mainstream and makes a ton of money that will ultimately drive the market and it will change the art and you won't have that anymore. So now with movies and games, you know, you will always have the blockbusters that are made just to make money. Cause they know they'll make a lot of money. Those are the call of duties, the battlefields, those kinds of things, you know, and during that time they didn't have that. And then at the time battlefield and all that stuff back then, you know, Battlefield 1 or even Battlefield 1942, original Battlefield 1942, if you ever heard of that before. Battlefield like 2 or 3, like 2 or 3 especially was fantastic. That was in early 2010s. Um, 
but those were like like 2000 2010 and even up into like 2015 2010 i think that was just like so good all that was just so good because it just like games were popular enough and you had a lot of good developers making games but it wasn't like so big that like the big like money capitalists corporations come in to like pretty much destroy the art and like now you just make cookie cutter crap that like you know it's gonna sell a bunch of money you know so i think that's for me like what i would describe as like chef's kiss i wonder if that it feels like it from that era because that is really when 3d models started to become a part of the mainstream on both the n60 more the n64 than the i mean the playstation had and i'm sure the the saturn had uh we're using 3d models and and 3d worlds as opposed to just side scrollers and and top-down experiences but with like ocarina and mario um i wonder it's mario 64 i wonder if no, 64 oof oh just i mean the basis for like every the 3d action platforming games all stem mm-hmm. from essentially that game um mm-hmm. so yeah i wonder if it's because of that because that was like a whole uh just a plane that once it was breached it was such a huge deal but then yeah you started to see maybe not a i wouldn't i don't know if i want to call it a regression but whatever you're referring to it feels like that could have been the reason but i don't know for sure yeah i know what you're saying i know exactly what you're saying um the 3d kind of the technology allowed for that that to be more widely used and it's and it's also just a new method of gaming like yeah like to go from the 2d to 3d to so many new opportunities and stuff you know and um obviously yes like you said all a lot of games stem from those original games and of course you can't like you can't fault the games in the future for being what they are because that's unfair it's just the course of time it's just the course mm-hmm. of things go there can only be a certain amount of originals and that's what makes them special it doesn't mean they're necessarily better but they are special and will always have a certain place in your heart that mm-hmm. will not be able to be replaced by future games you know um and to be fair i want to say that like i i don't want to sound like a like a like an old man like oh these games these days are all terrible and oh whatever <laughs> happened to the originals blah, blah 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 it's not that necessarily it's partly that but the other part is that like there's such a saturation of games now yeah. that that's a good thing and a bad thing i mean it's not well it's not either good or bad it's got nuances like you have so many new games now which is which is fantastic because everyone now is, it's so much easier to make games for the average person and now there can be everyone can make something and that's really cool because then you can mm-hmm. really find something special out of everything but there's so much which is like hard to sift through at the same time you know what i mean absolutely yeah it's mm-hmm. it's a very interesting time uh especially just it being such a profitable industry too like it's it's really it's really interesting just in our lifetimes to see where gaming started and now where it is. Uh, it's so different now. League of Legends is like, and 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 um, like from th- going from that to creating a Netflix show, like, and now the Netflix show is huge, mm-hmm. you know, and that whole that whole thing is like, that's just, that was that's unfathomable to me if you were to tell me that that would happen, you know, talking about Arcane, correct? Two thousand five. Yes. Yeah. You know, to have that be such a such a popular thing that's so widely well received and like that is that 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 so many people 
are into it, you know. I guess it makes sense, but also it's just like, wow, that's crazy. It is. Uh, last question for you about, mm-hmm. you know, your just general experience with video games. Has there been a game or two in recent memory that have had a like an impact on you? Yes, absolutely. Um, recently. Recently, recently, recently. Okay, I'll talk about two very different games. Sweet. And one one that I still currently play and one that I don't really play much anymore, but I, I put many hundreds of hours into. Stardew Valley. I'm sure you've heard Ooh. of this game. Stardew Valley. Excellent, excellent game. Kind of the complete opposite of the other game I'm talking about. But it's like developed by one guy. Has anyone talked about Stardew Valley on this podcast? We, we have, yeah. In okay, the first great. year of the well, show. As you know, um, and I used to play a lot of Harvest Moon. Okay. Um, here's the thing: I played so many games; it's hard for me to like name off the top of my head. But like when they come up like this, it's like, oh yeah, I remember I used to play that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's based on Harvest Moon. I'm sure you guys talked about it. Um, and developed by one guy who did all the music and everything, and the music is just absolutely phenomenal in that game. Also, fantastic music. Um, and that game is just so great because it it, it although it wasn't a new concept it was done so well and updated to the current times so well um and it was also done so genuinely with the the idea that that person had a vision for something that he wanted you could so tell when you're playing this game that this guy made it because he loved this type of game and wanted to make something for us now again that was wonderful and he captured it perfectly like like fantastically and i think that is something that is that has impacted me and i played a ton of it i showed it to my sister who also loved these types of games loved harvest moon she played even more than i did Ooh. um also just universally just loved easy to pick up easy to understand very universal like anyone can play it you know and enjoy it um well not anyone but you know most people you know very digestible game definitely um fantastic yeah on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have a game that I currently still play, which is called Escape from Tarkov. I don't know if you've heard of this game before. I, not off the top of my head. Tell me about it. This game is a hardcore FPS looter shooter is what they call it sometimes. But it's a hardcore FPS game. It's super, It's it has a lot of realistic elements to it. And it's it's a it, if you're a huge gun nerd, like engineer nerd, you're going to love this game too. Because it's basically... This is a Russian-developed game. It's called Battlestat Games. This guy is called Battlestat Games. They're Russian developers. And um, they're all a bunch of gun nerds, too. Like, they're, they're like, tactical. They like, like, they like doing tactical stuff. What that means is they like to train with real firearms. They like to, like, um, you know, wear gear and do all that military stuff and do all that kind of thing, like, in the civilian world. You know, this might be foreign to Californians. But like, uh, especially oh, you yeah, know, you're from up, Texas, you're up in blue California. I'm from Texas, you know. <laughs> but um, but um, you know, they love that kind of stuff. So they wanted to make a video game that where you could do those kinds of things. So the game is basically like this: you are an ex like like military operative, um, apparently like a paramilitary contractor, and you're in this world um, in Russia in this fake city called Tarkov, where some shit went down, where um. These this corporation was like 
doing these crazy lab experiments and everything has gone to crap in the city and now you're trying to escape from it they call escape from tugga oh, escape okay. from it so you're either like a russian like operative or like you're a western operative and um the purpose of the game there's there's it's still it's still in beta is what they call they still call okay. it in beta it's still being developed um but what you do is you have a guy you load up with gear you choose all your gear you choose like and these are actual items that are in game that have value in game and you load up your guy with like armor your guns your magazines your ammo the type of ammo you medicate your meds like your all kinds of stuff you go into the you go into what they call raids these are like maps like like enclosed maps that have a certain amount of players so you go into a raid you go in there you try to get stuff you loot stuff maybe do some quests fight other players and stuff and then you have to extract, which means you have to get to another part of the map um, to, in order to leave the map. And anything you find or bring in, if you die in that map, you lose. You lose those items. You mm. don't get them back. And there's a way to get them back called insurance, but you don't have to worry about that. And that's <laughs> the appeal of the game. It's, like, it's super hardcore. Like You go in with your stuff, and you are like value your life, because if you die, you don't respawn. You're dead, and you have to start all over again. You have to re-gear up with whatever stuff you have in your, they call it a stash, and try again. And that's what people love about it, because it's like it's supposed to be like a tactical shooter. Like you have a squad, or like you're by yourself, and you're playing it like careful. You know, you like don't want to just run around. You know, just it's just shoot them up like Call of Duty, just running around shooting and like getting frags and respawning and shooting again. It's not like that, you know. Um, and it's super, it has like hyper realistic elements to it. Like your gun can jam, you know, your gun can overheat. Like the type of ammo you use matters. Like the type of armor you're using matters. Like in like there's bullet drops, there's ballistics, you know, there's like, there's all kinds of things. Like your guns are super moddable. Like in real life, like when people build guns, there's all those little parts that you have that put them together, you know, and like the certain parts give you certain advantages, you know, stuff like this. And all of these are like built into the game too, you know? So people love it. For this reason, I love it for this reason. It's very fun. It's also very punishing. Um, which Sounds is a, like and it. It's, Jeez. And, and it's very, and it's very like the opposite of Stardew Valley. Like it's very niche. Like <laughs> like you, it's very niche. Although it's very popular, to be honest, within the FPS gaming community, it's very popular. It's very well known. A lot of people know about it. Um, like if you ever heard of PUBG, you ever hear PUBG? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of in the vein of that kind of thing because did you ever play PUBG? No, but it's a battle royale, correct? It's a battle royale. It's a battle royale. Yep. We're 100 players on one map, and like you have no gear, you pump in, you jump in, and you grab all your gear and grab it from other people in the big map. Um, similar in a sense with Tarkov, except it's not a battle royale. Um, and the items you get, you get to keep them in like a separate stash and like bring them into other like other raids and stuff. Um, but, anyways. I love that game a lot too because it scratches those two scratch two different itches for me. Totally. You no, know, one is like yeah, and but I love them both for those two reasons, and that's why I think. I mean, I I I I love that about myself that I can enjoy lots of different types of games, um, and not be super pigeonholed into one game. But even with that said, I still do have very specific tastes sometimes that kind of can annoy people. <laughs> yeah, you've been developing those those tastes for your entire life and they're becoming more and more like refined so that checks out yeah i mm -hmm. i oftentimes will try to have two uh 
two different styles of games like that going at the same time because not that I'll get bored of one, but it's like, oh, I kind of need a palate cleanser. I'll go and play uh, this now, uh, and it and it, it is good for me. Um, mm-hmm. Nice, dude. Well, uh, thank you for sharing about just your general history with games. I feel like I know a lot more about where you're coming from as a gamer going into our main event in a bit, but we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll mm-hmm. talk all about you know, your history with Deus Ex. How about that? Sounds good. Thank you, Connor. I've been having a lot of fun. Good. All right. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Uh, of course, here with WayKU to discuss Deus Ex. WayK, how are you? Hello. I'm doing fine. You're just thriving <laughs> over there, I can tell. How are you, Connor? Um, Connor McCobb? You know what? Hanging in. Uh, doing oh, great. And okay. You, but now you're talking to you're talking to my uh, uh, alternate ego, Connor McCobb. He's very, uh, very dark, <laughs> very brooding, very, very different than Connor McCabe. <gasps> You know, oh, I no. yeah. So you should be very afraid. Um, oh, thank you for sticking around. Uh, let's get into mm-hmm. some history and context of Deus Ex. Uh, like I said, I've got some stuff prepared. Uh, just some very basic information about the game. Um, and if there's any like key components that you feel like sharing, go for it. I'll I'll leave space for that too. Otherwise, here we go. Deus Ex is a 2000 action RPG developed by Ion Stormed and published by, did you say Eidos Interactive? Is that how you pronounce it? Eidos? Eidos? Is it Eidos? Maybe it's Eidos. I think it's Eidos. Either way, um, it is set in a cyberpunk-themed dystopian world in the year 2052. The game follows J.C. Denton, an agency, uh, an agent of the fictional agency... United Nations Anti-Terrorist Coalition, a.k.a. UNATCO, who is given superhuman ability by nanotechnology as he sets out to combat hostile forces in a world ravaged by inequality and a deadly plague. Sounds oh so familiar. Um, <laughs> yes, his, which I feel like is like a, a lot of the cyberpunk genre in general like hits on a lot of these things that we are we know we've been experiencing in this world for a while, but are just even more exaggerated now, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is just like, oh, God, it's awful. Um, his missions mm-hmm. entangle him in a conspiracy that brings him into conflict with the Triads, Majestic 12, and the Illuminati. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the gameplay combines elements from traditional FPS shooters with stealth elements, adventure, and RPG genres, uh, allowing for its tasks and missions to be completed in a variety of ways, which can lead to differing outcomes and branching paths. Uh, It was released for Windows originally in June 2000, and a Mac OS port debuted the next month. A modified version of the game was released for the PS2 in 2002, known as (laughs) Deus Ex, The Conspiracy. Um, have you ever played the <laughs> the console version of this? No, I've like it's always funny when a lot of PC games, you know, they when PC games get released for consoles, especially of that era, I it's like they 
barely were able to figure it out. Um, right now, Wake, I am playing Fable: The Lost Chapters on the Xbox. Wow, which is a game that wow. I played on the Fable. PC. Dude, yeah, I played that too. Um, it. Uh, it Man, I haven't it, played that in so long. I I found it. The Lost Chapters on the original Xbox at a retro store recently for nine bucks. So I just picked it up. Uh, That's so cool. It's still fun as hell, but man, it runs like crap on a 360. <laughs> probably could have guessed. Um, I bet uh, so. So it's just oh, funny to man. see a lot. So many games of this era, like Half Life, got an Xbox port. Uh, Fable, of course. Um, I mean, Halo was also a PC game, but anyway. Um, mm-hmm. um, Deus Ex received critical acclaim, including being named best PC game of all time in PC Gamer's top 100 PC games list made back in 2011. It also received several Game of the Year awards back in 2000, drawing praise for its pioneering designs and player choice and multiple narrative paths, and it is still regarded as one of the greatest games of all time and was followed by a handful of sequels. Um, It's not a requirement for any game that's discussed on this show to be one of the greatest ever, let alone good. Uh, but this is one that is really up there for a lot of people. Uh, way K as far as the general, like bullet points of this game, things people should know on the surface. Is there anything that we should, uh, include about it that I maybe skipped over? Hmm. Or did we nail, nail what we needed to nail? I guess. I mean, that's, there's the thing. Anything like that is going to be fine. It's never going to, it's never going to really encapsulate or convey to you the actual experience or like the real charm of this game. Yes. It really won't, won't at all. It can't. How could it possibly? And that's why we have you here today, Wake. So why don't we get into it? Connor. Uh, Do you, okay. Do you remember <laughs> when you even like discovered this game or did you, did you like uh, just long for it or did it just show up for some, as some gift? How, how'd you find this game? It's very hard to remember how I got this game. I'm pretty sure I got it from a friend or my brother's friend. Um, and I want to say, I want to say it was Franklin, one of my good, one of my good old family friends, Franklin. But I'm Franklin. not sure. I'm really not sure. Um, but yeah, we played it. Um, I think we, I think we installed it from a CD. I think that's how old it was. Oh, nice. How we got it from for yeah. Um, I think that's how we got it. It's hard for me to remember exactly how. Sure, that's I mean, that's totally fine. Um, well. Then how about this? Uh, let's get into just like, you know, what you liked about the game. You sort of gave us some preview earlier, but what are some things or maybe one thing that like you remember really sucking you in and that really made an impact on you about this game? The first thing that I want to talk about is the writing. Ooh. The dialogue and the writing and the world and not necessarily the storyline per se but the writing and the reason i say that is because this game is more than just a game where you complete tasks and kill stuff and enjoy that Mm -hmm. which is what a lot of games are 
This game is not that at all. You are... It, as a matter of fact, the combat in its original form, iteration of that game, is very clunky. Mm-hmm. Also kind of weird and not that enjoyable in a lot of ways. Here's why. There are several moments of the game, which I would love to talk about, but would also spoil the game a little bit, um, that illustrate how phenomenally brilliant the writers were for this game and how the how high the bar has been set for, um, like, I don't know, being very intellectually engaging and revolutionary, um, especially for its time. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we know, this is in the future. It's set in the future. And, you know, there's nanotechnology, all that kinds of things. And there's AIs. And there are very prominent, there are three prominent AI characters in this game. Technically, one is a combination of the two. Um, but these AI characters really kind of embody what it means for humanity to create something that is better than us um, and what the purpose is of, for those creations. You know, are mm-hmm. these meant... They, they toy a lot with the idea like these are gods or beings that are being created and we want them to rule over us or we want them to do things to help us or they want we want whatever we want from them. Um, and this is and 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 the and governing humanity as like what the method is of what is morally the best or what the different approaches are to governing humanity is a very prominent theme within this game because at the start you know like we talked about in the, in the overview it's a it's a global pandemic happening there's a big virus and no i mean this is a spoiler but no big surprise the virus is engineered by governments to kill people and right. only allow certain people to survive and they control about how much of the vaccine is is can be given to people so they survive and you know with that theme you kind of come it kind of brings the question of like how can, can we trust our governments what's the best way to have be ruled um you know what's what's kind of the ideal you know which governments are bad which governments are good these kinds of things these are all very prominent things that are talked about a lot within the game in different ways with different people with different types of viewpoints and different people and like your guy your main character is like basically the straight man he's like the straight man of all the straight mans yeah. he himself doesn't say that, in, that much interesting stuff and a lot of times his dialogue is really hilarious by kind of how bad it is sometimes uh-huh. but he will he will engage with whatever that person's viewpoint is, and you can hear about that viewpoint. One of my favorite dialogues is within the game. It's, it's also kind of a secret, this dialogue. You could totally skip over it and miss it entirely if you don't yeah. spend the time to look for it. But there's this, I, there's this other AI that was created. Um, they call him Morpheus. Um, he's called Morpheus. That's familiar. And Yeah, familiar. Matrix. Huh? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> his name is Morpheus. Um, he's but he's an AI, and he has a yeah. conversation with them. And this guy, and the conversation is is, I won't quote it, I won't say anything from it because I believe it deserves to be experienced in the game or watched okay. on YouTube. Um, but you can look up Morpheus conversation, Daisy Denton, Deus Ex, whatever, and listen to it. It's just it's a short conversation, but it has such great points and wonderfully like complex like statements that are super cool to listen and hear in a video game 
I think that's the thing. It's like, oh, this is crazy. Like I'm in this video game, I'm having this conversation, this crazy thing. He's like talking about philosophy and they're talking about like nature of like humanity and like psychology and stuff. Um, and it's also like really well written. And the fact that the game creators decided to put this as like a little tidbit somewhere within the game that can be found is just in these little things are everywhere within the game. Yeah. Just the number one reason why I think this game is so fantastic. Cause like you play it through one time, and especially when you're young, you play it through one time, you kind of have a you kind of have that focus of like, I'm gonna play through and I'm gonna do whatever I want, kill stuff and blah blah blah. I'm gonna make sure my like guy can jump really high and I'm gonna use swords and fucking chop everyone down, this kind of thing. And then you play it again as an adult and you start to see like wow, there's like literally a whole other dimension of this game that I just did not appreciate or realize was there. And now when you play the game again, you look through all that stuff and appreciate that stuff instead. Um and it's everywhere in the game. It's everywhere in the game. You can even hear conversations you had you heard before when you're a kid and hear them again, and you're like, wow. This is very well written, very smart ahead of its time. 2000. So cool. That's the first point I wanted to make. Well, that's really intriguing to start. What, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and like, not only that there is more that is necessarily than there seems to be on the surface, but that depending on the choices you make, you're going to be rewarded with different little nuggets and different moments. That's. I know for some people that is a really intriguing reason to not only play a game, but to revisit a game uh, and to dig mm -hmm. and dig and dig and wonder what you got to experience or what you got to miss. Um, like, and so you were, were you saying, expressing that like, this is something that you have been rewarded with in future and like, mo like, uh, I guess, successive playthroughs? Yeah, you kind of just play through it again, and you're like, maybe you find something you didn't know before, didn't do before, or like a little thing here or there. Um, or also, if you are if you want, you look up stuff. You're like, oh, like, what did I miss? I want to experience this. Go read articles about it, watch videos about it, you know, because sometimes it's, you can't, if you, no one tells you about it, there's no way you'll know about it. Totally. Like, there are several things in that game that I didn't know about until someone told me. And I was like, what? And then I did it, and I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, like with, without spoiling it too much, there it, it's Deus Ex is kind of like Game of Thrones. Okay. Like there are main in the sense that main characters can be killed, and the game will continue. Wow. And and usually I think par for the course, like for most games these days, like main characters cannot be killed, or the game ends, or like they're invincible, you know, or like you know whatever the game just prevents you it's, from doing it's an that. npc you can't kill yeah npc you can't kill or whatever like there are certainly npcs you can't kill in this game because it just would be crazy it wouldn't make any sense but there are it's it's so that's what they and you said that's in the intro of the, the game that's what one thing that's well known for all yeah. the branching paths there are characters that can be killed and can be saved i.e shadow right mm -hmm. that you did not know could be saved in a certain way that changed the rest of the course of the game. That's it's, it's it blows your mind. And you, know, you play through the game without this one character, the whole game, then you can have it, and then you realize you could save it, and you play through the game with the character. And you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And there's all this dialogue that just wasn't present before, because that person was dead, and now that they're alive, they're like saying all this stuff to you. And later part of the game, you're like, oh, cool, <laughs> that's so cool that the that the designers put all that effort into it, you know. That's, That's one of those so things. rare in the games these days. Yeah, and when I think about, 
games that do things like you're just bringing up right now, I'm just blown away. It's like, how do you account for so much change? And not just for this one character, but probably for many characters and how much that can just influence the shape of what this game ends up being. Like, it's just... And that that's what really makes games... One thing that makes games can't or can so much more unique than like watching a, a movie or a TV show, which I love movies and TV shows, yes. but like, yes, it's not like when you watch, you know, uh, succession or whatever it is that, Oh, and you're, when you watch succession, it was actually Roman who ends up like leaving the family and defecting and Kendall stays by his dad blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's really, that's something that I don't think I think about very often, but you're sort of, um, uh, just inspiring in me right now. It's it's so such an accomplishment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To be able to live and make the choices and see the choices and experience them as you as like the person who's doing them. Is that's I mean that's the thing about games. That's why Telltale Games, Walking Dead, yeah, you know, those things are so popular is because of these certain these mechanics I'm talking about. You know. Um, is that choice and allowing that choice to really like affect what happens. Um, to kind of continue on that note, if that's okay, unless you Please. have some sort of there, but that said, that also bleeds into not just story elements and interaction with characters, but also just with the mecha- the game, the actual gameplay of like completing tasks hmm. including missions so of course there's always missions to do and just to further on the story like you need to go here to do this and you go here to do this the way the game is designed is usually big maps open maps they dump you in one part of it it's your choice to figure out and explore the entire map and see how you want to approach the situation it's not linear at all it's linear but not it's mostly non-linear if you ever played any sort of campaign for any sort of game, especially shooter game, I mean Half Life is a clear example of this. It's a it's a line, it's a yeah. line. You're just going through the game. You're always progressing forward. Maybe backtrack a little bit, but you're always progressing forward. And even then, when you do have some certain game, some certain maps, like for instance in Half Life, you remember the big tentacles you have to kill. I've never and played like Half Life. Oh, okay. Well, in Half-Life, there's one map where there's, there's like a bunch of big tentacles you have to kill, and you have to sure. go to different levels within the map to like to like um, activate certain things to kill it. That's like the most nonlinear part I can think of the game. But with Deus sure. Ex, it's not just that. Every map is so is so there are so many different approaches and avenues to accomplish what you need to accomplish, and that that it's literally you can do whatever you want. You can if you want. Usually, there's some dumb vent you can climb in. Go around some places and get into that place you need to get to. What if you need to convince some guy of something? Um, just usually different ways to do it. You could intimidate a guy, talk to him. You could just probably something, some other story element that's that's thrown in there, like talk to someone else and deal with this. You could just kill the dude. You could yeah. <laughs> knock him out, steal his stuff. You know, um, there are so many different examples that are just so hard to convey. Like, I think one thing, one one part of the game which was really cool is like. Um, you do go to three main, like main places. There's like New York, New York City in America. There's 
Hong Kong, and then there's like France, somewhere in France, like Paris. Okay. And then there's other like various places. But when you're in those big cities, especially in Hong Kong, there's one there was this one instance where you need to like confront this lady who is suspicious and it seems like she's hiding something. And when I first did it, I went up to her flat and I talked to her face to face, listened to her lie to me a bunch of crap, and then found and then after I talked to her, I went away and like found another way into her like secret compound or whatever. And another way, I just skipped all that and just went through the secret compound. There was another way just to get the secret compound. You can just skip all that. Just go to secret compound entirely. Wow. And then she's like, she'll and then she'll be down there. And she'll be like, hey, how did you find this? Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And you have a conversation with her down there. Hmm. It's crazy. You can also find the compound, not mess with anything, leave, go back and talk to her, find a way to get into the secret compound from her flat. It's just so... It's so cool that you have that much freedom within just one instance of like the part of the story. Usually it's very ham-fisted. Like you must do this next. Now you got to do this to do this next. You got to do this. But with this game, it's not that way at all. There's another part where you have to like, infiltrate this big ship. And remember like, like the ship, the ship had so many different entrances. Um, you can like come out from the water and come inside from the bottom. You can come through like, you can come through like, um, I don't know, one of those like, loading cranes uh-huh. you can like literally just walk onto the ship through one of the like like one of the ramp that things that lead up into it but just guards everywhere you know <laughs> it's just so super non-linear it's so great like it literally it really does give you and every time you play through the game you're like oh i could have done it this way too that's cool oh this is other thing i didn't realize i could do that's cool and it feels just so like you really feel that the game has just so much care and thought into every part of it and that's that's why it's cool that's why it's cool and of course there are parts that are not like that of course no game's perfect but for the most part for most of the big big events in the game and all the like main storylines and stuff so much of the game is like that and i mean with that also you're given your guy is a nano like a nano hand soldier and he has a bunch of powers yeah. And so you can level him up any way you want. It's an RPG too. You can level up his like running skill. You can level up his like gun skills. You can level up his like lock picking skills. You level up his hacking skills. You can level up these other skills to approach your situation. Maybe you're like good at hacking. So all you do is you like hack all the systems all the time. And, like, or you can like make your guy into like a big soldier and he just runs around and shoots everything and blows shit up and like throws grenades and like uses like rocket launchers, you know. Or you're a stealth guy, you know, you just use stealth weapons, you crawl around in the shadows and like, you know, no one sees you and stuff, you know, um, and every, pretty much every, everyone is viable with its own like nuances of like pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it doesn't ne- really feel that one is more OP over another. I think a lot of games when they do this, sometimes it feels like the game, like one method is clearly better. Um, yes. Like stealth is clear, like in Dishonored, stealth is like very much like you gotta be a stealth person. Like if you're not a stealth person, you can build yourself differently. But if you're not a stealth person, it's meh. Even in Deus Ex, the later ones, like stealth is kind of more um, pushed on you, not pushed on you, but kind of more favored. Yes. Um, by the way, the game is designed. And this game is not that way at all. Like if you want, I've done this many times. You can just blast your way through everything. You'll miss out on a lot of stuff for sure. Um, but that's just a different experience. Yeah. You know. Um, and I've played through it, you know, you know, several times with different, you know, building my character out different ways and experience the different ways that, you know, you can 
traverse the world. Do you have, uh, you know, having experienced so many different uh, options, is there one that has been the most fun uh, for you as far as how you have gone to progress your character? I do prefer the melee guy. <laughs> it's yeah. <pretty> fun. <laughs> I'm like a, like a ninja melee hacker kind of dude where like you run around. So later in the middle of the game, like I said, you get this really cool weapon. I won't spoil what it is, but it's like, it's like very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it pretty much like one shot. Lightsaber. Like things. Yeah. And um, it's like a lightsaber. Um, and uh, it's just a fun weapon. <laughs> it's just super fun to run yeah. around and chop people. Um, and then just like run away and hide in the shadows. And then people try to look for them. They can't find you. Um, um, I think that's, that's That's the way I enjoy. I have played through it also as like a, as like a demolition guy where I just shoot rockets and throw grenades at people. Um, (laughs) that's also very fun because you just explode everyone into like guts and stuff. Um, but then you miss out on a lot because the bodies get exploded and if the bodies are exploded, they can't loot them. Um, yes, minor, uh, (laughs) minor inconvenience about exploding bodies. (laughs) Uh, that's that's very cool. Um, I feel like oh, is in this is this a game that you are also constantly being? I know you, you we've got been over that you can sort of do whatever you want and experience a story how you'd like. Is the story always sort of progressing, or is that something that you like? Will it, will it come to a point where you've kind of done all the side stuff and there's nothing to do besides the story, or can you just keep living in this world and doing whatever you want? I'm I'm just curious as someone who hasn't played. Yeah, it's not it's not the latter. It's it is linear in the sense that you can't really go. You can't just live in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you're usually like on a mission doing something. You can kind of explore the immediate area and do whatever side weird stuff that there is. Gotcha. Okay. Um, um, but it's and it's also never really clear what side stuff there is. There's no like, you know how in games these days it's like you just got a side quest and it like lists the side quests and you it's like look in your do this, menu. this, this. You look in their menu or whatever. It's not like that at all in this game. Um, there's like the main thing you need to do and that's really pretty much it. And it doesn't really tell you what side stuff you need to do or like how it how it help you or what benefits. That's interesting. Are to it. Um, there's actually it's so old school that. Um, there is like an option for notes. You can make wow. your own notes. Yeah, you can make your own notes. And a lot of times, like, it doesn't hold your hand like other games where, like, if you know a code, it'll just tell you the code and it'll remind you, which gotcha. is a quality of thing, which I actually do in print. I do enjoy in games. That's nice. Because then I don't have to yes. go back in my stupid menu and look at it for everything because I'm like, whatever. But this game is like that. Like, if you don't know, like, if you find a code, if, if you're trying to find a code for a certain door, Sometimes you can find it through hacking through people's emails, looking at people's emails, and you have to look at the code and you have to either write it down or put in your notes or save the email to your thing and then go look it up and then manually put it in. There's no like, they don't skip all that stuff, you know, so it's okay, that gotcha. kind of game. Um, That's fun though. I'm glad there's at least that feature where because it is not just a constant waypoint or like a text on the screen that's like, oh, you did this, so now you got to go back to the factory and put the key here. It's cool that, you know, being that it is a little more opaque and vague and they don't just hand hand you the, they don't just show you the path, that you have an option to 
jot down your own notes and that some information is stored for you. Yeah, you, there's no there's no beacons. There's no like yes. There's no pads that like tell you you can go this way. It's all you have to figure it out, which can be frustrating because you're like, where the fuck am I? So How do people, I get to where I need to go? How do I progress the story? This kind of thing. That, that's, some people what? Well, I was just going to say that that's, it's also interesting because this is something uh, about the modern games that even have you know branching paths and different options. I'm thinking about a game that I really enjoyed from this year called Deathloop where you can, you know, your end goal is always this. You, you've heard about it? Yeah, go ahead. Dude, it's, it's wonderful. Your end goal is the same. You're, this isn't a spoiler for it, but you, in order to stop the time loop, you got to take out all seven of the assassins. Uh, the, the, I forget even what they're called within a four, within a one day period. Um, otherwise it doesn't happen. The way you do that can change and vary and you can go about it your own way. Um, but it, it, people were frustrated that like, it was always presented so obviously to you once you were following a path or a storyline. So it's nice when that's optional nowadays uh, that you can turn it off. I like to have it in front of me, to be honest with you, but I know some mm-hmm. people would prefer to like really be figuring it out, out on their own. So mm-hmm. I, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a couple schools of thought, but it's interesting to hear that that's how it was during for this game. I think what I like, I think what I, I think when you're, I think when you're describing it, sometimes it's like there's a way to do it, and there's only one or two ways to do it, and you have to figure what those two, one or two ways are out. And that's very annoying. With Deus Ex, it's not that way usually. Mm. It's like usually the way you think of probably will work. Like, um, yeah, basically the way you think will probably work the way you that's want cool. to do it. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't. In that sense, it kind of. Dr- takes away from some of maybe like like the fun of trying to figure out something very specific and achieving what that is because i could see how that can be fun too mm-hmm. um but that's the trade-off with like i guess you know with a variety i guess in some senses you know yeah um like for instance if you want to you know obtain you know some it, it's very simple like obtain these certain records from the certain room whatever and it has to tell you about the stuff and there's different ways to do it you can go and like like you know hack this door and open this door and find this key this thing and like it lets you in this way or you can find this secret route around them whatever whereas like another game might design it as like very clear like oh here is like the only way to get in this room is to um like uh hack this mainframe and then there's a certain puzzle you have to solve and it's like a like a puzzle design by like some super smart guy and once you figure out the puzzle like it's very satisfying you get into the room you know mm-hmm. I can see how that's also fun too, because I've enjoyed that as well in other games. Yeah. You know? Um, but that's the way it is usually isn't like that. Um, which is the trade-off for like allowing someone freedom to like do whatever they want, to like solve the problems in their own ways. Yes. Um gosh, that's that's interesting. I uh, a question for you, and that is when you maybe first got into this game, or maybe another experience that you had that you might be thinking of as like your you know, your time with it. How are you playing this game? Are you, is this something you're sort of like obsessed with and you keep going back to like almost every day or how are you playing this game? What are, what are sort of like your habits like? I've not played this game in quite some time. I think as I've gotten older, I go back to it less and less because I've kind of just played it so much. 
Yeah. Um, um, I have gone back to it because people have released like QL, QL quality of life, like hmm. mods for it. Yeah. Or they change up little things about it that make it like better. Um, for instance, the badly one thing about this game that that sucks is the the combat is kind of like weird, yeah. and clunky, and the and the um the way that the augmentations work, your powers, your nano powers, your nanobot powers work was really annoying. You had to mm-hmm. manually toggle them on and off whenever you wanted to use them. And it would drain your 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 energy while they were on. So it's very annoying in combat to like be fighting oh. and have to click them all on and then fight and then click them all off afterwards. Yeah. You know? As opposed to just having access to them. Yeah. So like for instance, there was a mod that changed it where instead of like for instance, there's one that's like gives you strength and you have to turn it on and then when you chop stuff, it's more powerful and you turn it off. But they changed it where like, oh, instead of that, it just drains whenever you chop, it drains some energy. Um, whenever you chop and gives you okay. more power instead of having to turn it on and off manually that's you know, nice because then, then yeah it's like so much it's like nicer i'm like that's that's how it should have been like it's super Definitely. annoying to have to like do that <laughs> shit so dumb so annoying like something should be toggled on off like invisibility or like speed or whatever but like that i just like man so annoying that's super weird annoying. yeah that's weird that's it's not a perfect game i mean otherwise you know, fantastic what game, game is you know? though no game's perfect. Like uh, my no favorite, I could look at my favorite game of all time, and there are very fair criticism out there for it. So, um, your favorite f- game of all time, uh, Majora's Mask, The Legend. Ah, of yes, great choice. Yeah, thank What's you. What's the main criticism I, of it? I've. It's also well. I mean, people would criticize that, like it's, it's. They would say it's not actually. It's not really a Zelda game. Um, because, or the time loop is like constraining on people and stressful, especially as a first time as for first time players, it's like, can can turn people off, which I'm sure I felt that way when I started, but now that I, it's a game I revisit every few years or so, uh, it's, it's, there's only more enjoyment to be found on subsequent playthroughs, uh, when you're familiar with things and you know, the world, uh. Kind of because like Link, you, the more times you go through the same time loop, the more familiar you are with it. So you can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. manipulate the world and and help more people. But um, do you maybe – do you have like a since, – since you've gone back to this game a bunch, is there like a playthrough that you remember the most fondly or do they all sort of like run together in your mind at this point? They all kind of run together because you, it's like a very long game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> long game. I mean, so is Majora's Mask. So is Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. But this, this is a very long game. And so usually I will never, like, I will have, I will do an entire run through over some period of time. Yeah. You know, I'm not young anymore where I had the time to just kind of blast through a whole fucking game and just like play it nonstop. Also, I get bored more easily sure. um, than I used to before. Like, I'll play through it. I'm like, I just don't really feel like grinding more of this out, you know. Um, a lot of times I'll just, I, I won't even complete a playthrough. I'll be like, ah, yeah, and do some other stuff. And then I'll come back and start all over yeah. again and be like, oh, this is great, you know. Um, I do remember my favorite playthrough is when I, ah, I 
talk about this one spoil it so i don't know if i want to talk about you it. can you can spoil whatever you'd like um we'll just go ahead and say for the listener now if you don't want something to be spoiled about this game this is probably a good time to pause this episode uh but if you don't care then continue listening um and if it okay of course if you'd like to share way okay because i'd love to hear okay so this is a part so basically once i found out there's all these things that i could change in the game that's my favorite about this because that's was just like oh i can do this and do this and do this and do this instead of what i normally did mm-hmm. and those things are save certain people and kill certain people yes so there's a part in the beginning of the game when you find out that your brother paul is part of the terrorist network because mm-hmm. your brother paul is spo- is supposed to be your he's like an under he's like agent just like you you're both engineered you're both engineered like super beings and your brother's an agent for Unaco. you're an agent for Unaco. that's all you've ever known and like and he's your brother but then you find out he's part of the fucking bad people yeah bad people who's bad or good right and then he's like hey <laughs> yo like just listen to them trust these guys trust me you know i gotta get out of here for obvious reasons but bro trust me you go into this plane where this guy is. His name is Lebedev. You talk to him. He convinces you, like, hey, your brother's on our side. You should be on our side, too. Like, listen to us. Like, the, good, the people you're working for are bad. We're trying to help the people. Blah, 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 blah. Then, after that, Agent Navara comes in. She's one of your co-agents. She's a previous mm-hmm. model. She's not as good because she is augmented mechanically. She's not. She's a, she's a bio or what do you call it? She's a cyborg. Okay. They're cyborgs where they have augmentations that are mechanical. They're not nano augmentations, which yes. are not visible. So she has like, like fucking like, like, you know, electric arms and like bio eyes. I think I've seen this character before. Yeah. And so she's there on the plane and she's like, she's like, agent, you need to kill this man. You're supposed to kill him. And she's like, if you're not going to kill him, then I'm going to kill him myself. Get out of here and go back and go report back to HQ or whatever. And, and my and when I first played through the game, I was like, "Oh man, this sucks. She's gonna kill him. There's nothing I can do about it." And I would just leave, and then they would just be like, "Yep, they took out the agents. Good job, agent. Blah blah. You can't know the story. You're still yes. like trying to figure out who's who. You can kill her. You can kill her. You can kill Agent Navarre. It's hard to do, but you can kill her. You can literally just start shooting her in the face, <laughs> and, and she'll the- fight you." And then you can kill her, and then sh- and you have to be careful because when she dies, she explodes. Oh, yeah, she's a fucking okay. cyber. She's like a cyborg cyber being. So you can't make sure she doesn't explode you or explode like anyone else on, or or the guy Lebedev could try to save him. But you can kill her, and if you do, then you can talk to the guy. He tells you all this stuff because he's like, oh, I trust you now because you killed her. He tells you all this stuff you would never hear ever in the game if you don't kill her. And then when you leave the plane, you're like, there's like this nerdy guy who's like your, who's like your contact over at Uneku who helps you out. I forgot what his uh-huh. name is because he's so unrememorable. But um, um, he's like, I can't believe you did that. That's terrible. Why would you do that? And he gets mad at you. He's like, you know what? He's like, based on whatever I've heard, you know, I'm still going to cover your ass and I'm going to try to like cover this up for you or whatever. And then she's just dead. And they cu- it's covered up and the, the people, you know, they suspect you, but they don't have no way to prove that you killed her. Yeah. So, you know, like, like you know, they like it's framed that like you know that she got killed by the rebels or like the terrorists or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, ah, I got away with it. Um, but then later, of course, you know, her her like 
her like partner whose his name is Gunter, who's like this fucking big macho German dude. Like, he, he like he like knows you killed her and he like later when he talks to you, he's like, I'm gonna avenge her. You know, I know you did. I knew you did, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna avenge you for it. Which is cool. Because you don't yeah. have any of that if you leave, let her live. There's and then after that, there's another part. There's a guy, your brother Paul. So later in the game, your brother Paul is, you know, so after they after you both defect, which you don't have a choice in the matter, you will defect. Oh, okay. um, um, uh, they turn on your kill switches, um, which means you're gonna die after a certain amount of time because they have control over you, and you have to get somewhere to try to, to try to reverse the kill switch. You're in his apartment. He's he's like sick, and he can't really do much. And he's like, hey. Just get out of here. I'll hold them off. You get out of here. I'll be fine. Because all the Unaco agents are coming to get you. And and so, you know, all these agents are coming in. Just like these guys who are like agents basically from the Matrix are coming in. They're called, yeah. M- they're called MIBs. They're literally called MIBs. And like they like have the glasses and everything. They're coming in. They're like they're like pretty much robot like like guys or like elite guys or badass. They're all coming through the hotel to Paul's apartment. And they're all coming up, and he's telling you to go out the back and go up and escape. And lo and behold, every time I played the game before, I did that because I was like, "Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do." There's no way you, you escape all these guys. Yeah, you, you just escape. And when you escape, then um, later, like you get captured anyways, and like you wake up in the facility, the secret facility, and you have to go find Paul's body because mm. he's dead. If you can save him. Instead, if you manage to fight and kill every NPC they throw at you in that hotel and exit through the front, you save him and he doesn't wow. die. Yeah, and then when you get captured again, he's alive in the facility. And you have to go rescue him, and then you and then you have and this is like halfway through the game. Jeez. And then you have him for the rest of the game. That's so cool. It's so, so cool. I was like, what? So, so cool. For you, maybe the most memorable time you played it was like making these new discoveries and just realizing yes. how much it could be different for you. Uh, that's yes. I I yes. have I want to know a little bit about um, if you remember. I know you've played it so many times that it might uh, that it might be hard to sort of uh, specify here. But what was your setup like when you were playing this game? Maybe that that time was it did you have like a computer set up at home was this college do you remember when this, this is was? at home okay this is at home in houston um yeah it's at home and this is when we still had monitors that were like not flat dude <laughs> uh, the old like uh almost like CRT CRTs. monitors yeah dude CRTs. i love i had yeah. one of those that was great they were so great they're so great crts those kind of things um, was it set up in your still room pretty much on desktop no, we our computer. Our, we had a family computer that we shared, and that was out in the living. And the, we called it a den. It's like a second living room. Hell yeah, dude! Dens we are had great. It there. Yeah, and then then, you know, um, I never had my own computer in my room until I got to college. Awesome. Because Where my did parents you go to wanted school? to control my addict my addictive behaviors, yes. my addictive gaming behaviors, <laughs> which I had a lot of those, <laughs> as many teenage boys do. Hey, you're um, I went uh, to Rice. As many people on the show. Mm-hmm. I went to Rice University. Oh, nice, dude. Very good baseball. Most people program. don't know about that school. <laughs> and that's why yes. I know about it. <laughs> that's why you know about it. People always know about it through baseball or something. Yes, the owls. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fantastic school. Awesome. Loved it. 
You had a good time? Yeah, I did. I had a great time. I learned a lot. Dude. Mostly well, that isn't, isn't that the point of college? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not nice, dude. my actual academic education. I did learn some things through my academic education. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not, not bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Well, wait, Kate, it feels like we've gotten a chat about, I mean, I'm sure we've only really scratched the surface of like what makes this game great, but I've gotten here so much from you. Yeah, that's like, this this is a game, sometimes people come on here and I'm like, this sounds great for you, but I'm not necessarily interested in it. I think this is a game I would love. Uh, So I'll have to look into finding a way. You've never played it. Never played it. You could buy it on Steam. I don't know if it's available for Mac. But yeah, that's the that's always the question is, will it be available on Mac on Steam? Um, Man, I well, wonder if it is available right now for Mac. It might be. They might have ported it. I doubt it, but maybe. I'll have to, I'll have to <laughs> check. Um, but before we move on to some fun post-show segments that I have prepared for you, um, would you mind just putting sort of a bow on either, well, like what this game means to you and why you wanted to talk about it today? What it means to me is kind of like, this is what it means to me. It represents, it represents to me the ideal intention and art and like creativity that should be put into games these days. Like, I feel like that magic of like really feeling that like, every part of this game is so well like like written and like created and drawn out and planned and there's so much like you could just feel from it like mm-hmm. how much love and care is put in it's the kind of the same reason love started valley yeah you know it's 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 when you when you play the game and you feel that it's so fleshed out with all the detail and there's so much care put into that game um, into into making it be what the vision of that of what that company was really wanting it to be. It really felt like they had a vision, a clear vision, and they were able to just make that very well mm. and focus on it and make it without extra shit on top. Like it's got to have this so it appeals to this market, and it's got to have this so it's accessible to these people. It's got to have this so it's, it doesn't sacrifice itself for that. Mm. And when you have those th- things come together, you can create a really wonderful, fantastic game. And that's why I think it's just so... And also, I love sci-fi stuff, and I love, like, philosophy, and I love, like, FPS stuff, and I love art. Yeah. It's just... Uh, and, and it just blends all those things really well together, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> As it's, we said it, before, there's some it, things like, that are very clunky and, and weird, but yes. It sounds like it really just was this like perfect meeting point for so many things for you in particular. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Wait, Kate, thank you so much for sharing about, um, you know, part of what you enjoyed in your history with Deus Ex. Um, so before we go, I want to go ahead and just run you through some fun segments that I've prepared. The first of which is the fact me by your game segment. And this is where I just share a couple fun facts about this game with you, my guest. Um, sometimes these are, uh, Easter eggs. Sometimes it's development history, secrets, cheat codes. It's, it could be a number of things. I've got, um, two, uh, two Easter eggs for you today. Uh, Mm -hmm. the first Mm -hmm. of which I have titled the invisible war. Um, and so at the end, 
uh, more spoilers of Deus Ex when you discover that uh, JC is actually a clone of his brother Paul um, in Area 51. You can not only find JC's old stasis cell, where I think they probably were like incubating his body, um, <laughs> also more Matrix stuff, um, or f- feeling stuff, uh, but you can find others as well. By reading the description uh, on one of them, you can see it's for a character who's actually not in this game named Alex Denton, who ends up being mm-hmm. the main character of uh, Deus Ex Invisible War, which came out in 2003. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. so more fun things like i mean that not only is that not presented to you in dialogue but you really gotta like poke around to find little details like this and it's so fun that's what i mean about this game there's so much of this stuff that's in it so rewarding um it's great the uh the next fact the second and final one that i have for you i have titled there is no spoon uh during the credit sequence that can be accessed from the game's menu you can enter a few cheat codes that can uh, be that can have varying results. Uh, and if you type in the phrase, all one word, I believe lowercase, there is no spoon, uh, it will cause all the textures in the game to become the following matrix code. Have you ever seen this? Oh, yes. That? I've heard about this before. Yeah. Yes, yes. I saw someone do it on a video, um, and it was really it's, – it's, you know, just like Neo, once he's like fully realized who he is, like looking at everything and it's just falling code, but with the like shapes of the structures and stuff, it's it's funny. And that's a I have I have done that before. I have done that. Oh, before. nice. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you can toggle. I it definitely off. didn't play the game that way. No, but I did no do it. like looking at it, it looks cool, but I, you would not be able to tell what the hell anything is, pretty much. Yeah, there is no spoon, of course. A quote from the first Matrix movie um and uh which is you know cool we're talking about this game like a week before the movie the new matrix movie comes out i don't obviously we don't know how it's going to be but i'll just say wait k we're not done talking about the matrix um but first i will go ahead (laughs) and uh get us into the game recommendations and this is my one forced tie into the movie call me by your name where i am going to treat deus ex as your passionate summer love that you're going to need to move on from at some point so these recommendations, you know, it's a really sad no. reality. Uh, no. Okay, Wake is crying uncontrollably. Uh, this is no. um, these are going to be potential future partners for you uh, that you know all, will all be. They're all tied to this game one way or another. So the first one okay. is if you want to play another incredible trailblazing RPG, that's the thing that you really adored about this game. I'll recommend a game that our mutual friend uh, uh, Chuck Ma talked about, and that is Planescape Torment. Do you know this game? Planescape Torment. Planescape Torment. Old RPG. I want to say it's from around the same exact time as this. It's sort of a like an isometric top-down view, kind of like Diablo, but it's this enormous RPG with also has branching paths and all sorts of stuff like this with. Um, so that's one recommendation oh. for you. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm looking um, at it right now. The <laughs> next recommendation for you is if you just wanted to play another F, a first person shooter, cyberpunk RPG, we'll recommend a very obvious one, cyberpunk 2077. Whoa. 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 Who knew, who saw that coming? Whoa. <laughs> 
<laughs> there was the slowest explosion of 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 Wake's just happened that the listener couldn't see. Have you uh, ever? I've never played Cyberpunk. I was like really turned off by it last year, honestly. But have you played this game at all? No, I was also very turned off by it because it looked like it needed to be polished. Oh, and, and it that did. Upset me. <laughs> it still does. That upset me because Deus Ex is very polished. Yes. In terms of its quality. Very... So I was like. Yeah. It's a very. But maybe it's better now. Very different. I think it is better now, but they still have, from what I've heard, but there's still uh, enormous improvements that still need to come. But mm. yeah, it's one of those things where when you shipped a game in I 2000, see. that was the game. Uh, and now it's like companies can not only patch things and have updates, which in some ways is so much fun to keep a game alive and you add new things, but but also you could do a thing like Cyberpunk where uh, CD Projekt Red pretends like it's ready to ship and they know that all these issues are there. Uh, um, and they can try to make up for it later. The last recommendation for you, YK, is if you just want to play the true, the real Best cyberpunk game ever. I'll go ahead and recommend uh-huh. Enter uh-huh. the Matrix. I have played that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved this game growing up. Uh, I don't actually claim that it's the best cyberpunk oh game ever, but God. I always like to do a fun <laughs> one. But I love that you uh, you recommended this game. Dude. I played the shit out of this game, even though in its in all of its mess, I still enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Now it's funny looking at it now and seeing all the things that people have problems with, because at the time I was like, I'm just playing the matrix. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh, (laughs) and I would, I definitely like, I, I collect retro games now and I like to have games from consoles that I really liked growing up. So I need to get this on GameCube again and I'm sure it's pretty cheap. It was, I actually put it on PC. Oh really? Um, I bet it was better on that. Yeah, it was, it was better, but also like. You could tell it was rushed. That's the only yeah. thing. Because you know they rushed it to time and with the release of like the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so there's like a part of the game that I really hated, which kind of turned me off from it, even though it like the rest of it was just so silly and fun. It was like the the chase, the car chase one, where you have to sh- shoot out of the car oh, okay. when you're on the highway. Versus the twins or whatever. Yes, yes. Like you do that part. That part was so clunky and weird and stupid and annoying and like so boring for me at the time. I was so turned off by it. I was like, fuck this game. Yeah, no. I hate this game. Gosh. But I did. I did actually did play. I did finish it. (laughs) Amazing. Well, I told you there'd be a little more Matrix talk today. And that was my final. Thank you for that. You're welcome. It's a great recommendation. It's Matrix month. Uh, Anyway, that'll bring us to the end. Love that movie. What'd you say? Love the Matrix first one, dude. Me too. Fantastic. Uh, I actually I want to rewatch them before the new one comes out. I don't think I'll have time, but uh, that so will go ahead and bring us to the end of the game recommendations. And Wake, that'll okay. actually bring us to the end of the show, my friend. Um, so Connor, before, thank you, dude. You're so welcome. I wanted to say uh, thank you to you. It was really nice to get you on to chat with me for a while this evening. It was so much fun to hear about a game I have no experience with, but you were really passionate about. And learn a little bit more about you. So thank you so much for doing this, bud. Hell yeah, Connor. You know what? You invite me back on this thing again. I'll blow your mind a second time. I'll blow your mind a third <gasps> time. That? I'll blow your mind a fourth time. Yeah, I mean it. And then we'll, then we'll share it with the world together. Ah, oh, lucky us. Well, <laughs> dude, 
Um, so glad you could do this with me today. Is there anything that you want to plug or let people know about on your way out? Um, if you live in Los Angeles and you like improv comedy, my team, Miss Galelli, we're trying to start back stuff up again. So if you ever yeah. let us come, come see us perform. We're also going to be in San Francisco sketch fest. Yeah. Um, that's going to be fun. That's that's in San Francisco. <laughs> Did you already say your um, team name? Miss Golightly. Cool. Amazing. I yes. didn't know if you had said it in your audio cutout, but, uh, I oh, am yes. familiar with this team. You used to host a show at the Inner Thank Sanctum, you. and you've played, uh, you played TNT, which I used to host a bunch. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, the cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J, who you can find on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y. He does a bunch of wonderful, amazing work. You should give him a follow, like his stuff, um, and just yeah, let him know how great his stuff is. Uh, you should, of course, consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we've got a w- bunch of wonderful uh, patrons over there who are just so wonderful and support the show, which o- allows us to do even more uh, stuff here and gr- even helps grow our audience uh, a little bit. And like I said earlier, we have the uh, the Call Me By Your Game co-op episodes, which are a monthly drop. Um, the next one is coming out quite soon. I won't spoil what it is, but uh, let's just say that it's a father-son uh, game. That's all I'll say. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, there's also plenty more over there. So consider supporting us at either the 5 or $10 tier if you'd like. Um, and I did want to shout out because I was trying to shout out our patrons recently. And I couldn't get Patreon to load, so I'm going to do so really quick before we get out of here. I want to shout out uh, William Evans, Nick Sahoya, Darren Lowe, Cal, Nathan Edwards, Gabe Valdez, Benjamin Hall, Jonathan Thompson-Wheeler, Tyler Dather, Jake Sprague, Mauricio Diosis, uh, Goblin Bomber. Thank you all so much for your support. Uh, the show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his show, Video Games a comedy show, uh, and I'm on social media, Connor underscore McCabe, and sometimes stream video games on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. That'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one.